It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome to the show, everyone. we got a great one for you today here on this Monday, November 9th, as we look to recap UFC Fight Night Santos versus Teixeira, which took place on Saturday, November 7th at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, great to be back with you guys. As always, a uh, little housekeeping and... Uh, uh, man, what a what a great night of fights! You know, like like I said on the preview show, uh, and like I say with every card that doesn't exactly look juiced to the gills with you know ranked fighters, you know you just you just hope that the fights deliver and that you come away maybe knowing something about a fighter that you didn't know before, and you know you can build upon that when they uh, are in a co-main event or a main event uh, down the road. Uh, and I I feel like this was definitely one of those. Uh, fight cards, a lot of a lot of great uh, fights, and uh, a, a lot of great outcomes for some uh, young prospects, and you know, also some veterans. Uh, you know, perhaps spoiling uh, the rankings debut of a certain fighter, but we'll get to that um, in a minute. Um, as always, a little housekeeping. Um, so we uh, well, we might have some news to break pertaining to the main card showdown in the future but this is still all all internal stuff right now so i can't dive into any of it it's it's it, it's at the north star board right now um but we did have a great night of uh, competition uh i took on the uh, the fireman i beat him uh via split decision because he was just awful at picking prelim fights uh it was it was actually impressive because he was the one in five which statistically is just as impressive as going five and one so uh, I mean, it's a good or a bad night, depending on uh, how you look at it. For me, it was a great night that he went 1-5. and five. Um, But that's awesome. So I set the uh, North Star Sports uh, main card showdown record for the most title defenses with three. Um, and I think if I win next week, I break the record for the longest winning streak and or undefeated streak. I'd have to go back and look in the record books. But, uh, you know, I'm just I'm sitting here just breaking records. You know what I mean? It's it's crazy. Uh, and we had uh, Brie making her uh, debut, the first ever female to compete in the main card showdown, and she lost. But she made good picks, though. She did make good picks. So uh, I don't think she'll. T- I don't think she'll be another Reagan Hooverman. All due respect to Saint Croix Falls finest, because I mean he only he takes 60 seconds to make his picks. So you know obviously he's not putting you know time and effort into it. So his results are going to be uh, a mixed bag. But uh, I don't know. She might. She might be. Uh, Somebody with a winning record, which, you know, that's tough to say. You look at the fireman's record, I hate to say it, you know, it's below 500. You look at captain's record, I mean, I guess technically his record is 500 because he just has one draw, but, you know, Reagan Hooverman doesn't have a win, um, you know what I mean? So, I'm the only one with a winning record. I mean, I guess Jordan, he did get the win over Bree, so he's 1-1, one and one, but, uh, I don't know, his, his picks, his picks need to get a little better. I, I had high hopes for this guy. You know what I mean? So we'll see. Is he is he a contender or a pretender? I I, I think I think we'll find out maybe next week because he might be in line for a title shot, uh, which would be uh, 
interesting. But you know if it's a title shot, the mailman's going to have to put the smackdown on him. But, um, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll see. A lot, of, a lot of big plans for the main card showdown. Let me tell you. Actually, let me not tell you because we're still deciding on some shit. But I will tell you very soon. Uh, we, we got some big plans. As I uh, take a sip of coffee there. Hopefully that sounded like uh, ASMR and not uh, disgusting, although uh, I'm sure it sounded disgusting. But uh, either way, um, we can get to the fights here. Very quickly, I want to pull up the rankings here because there actually was a surprising amount of uh, changes in the rankings, um, you know, just for a a fight night. And um, uh, I guess there's no better place to start than with the main event because, I mean, you want to talk about rankings uh, mattering. I mean, they they matter here because I'll, I'll I'll tell you what. I mean, not a not a shocker here because if you're tuning in on a Monday and if you're tuning into this podcast, then you probably watch the fights or you know the results by now. But uh, Glover Teixeira defeats Tiago Santos in round three uh, via submission by a rear naked choke, uh, and that's significant because um, we believe Jan Blahovich and Israel Adesanya are next in line for a title shot, although that has not been officially agreed upon or signed to. So there still is an off chance that Glover, Glover fucking Teixeira is going to get a title shot, which is fucking crazy. And uh, it's just crazy because he's old. It's not crazy because Glover definitely earned it. Uh, you know what I mean? Anybody who says he didn't, I mean, he, he definitely earned this this title shot. But uh, it is, it's crazy nonetheless. And, um, yeah. So he, he came in as number three in North Star Sports rankings, and Tiago Santos was number one. So after this result, uh, Glover is now the number one contender. Uh, Tiago Santos is, uh, he falls down a spot to number two. And uh, Dom Reyes goes from two to three. Uh, and that's all the changes we have for the light heavyweight division. But uh, what a performance by Glover Teixeira. I mean, you know, listen, we just, anything is possible. When you believe, everything is possible, as you all Romero would say. Um Anything's possible because, like, Jan Blahovich is the champ. Like, this was a guy who lost four of his first five or six fights in the UFC. Like, imagine if I told you back in, like, January of 2017 when Blahovich, I guess I'm spitballing, I don't have his fucking record in front of me, but, like, around that time frame when he was one in five in the UFC. Yeah, that guy's going to be champ in a few years. That's fucking insane, man. That's insane. So, yeah, Glover's 41. I, I would still heavily favor Jan in, in a fight with Glover, but I don't know, man. I definitely favored Santos to beat Teixeira. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I think we all knew if Glover was going to get it done, it was probably going to be on the ground. It, it probably wasn't going to be standing and trading with uh, Tiago. And uh, Glover had the perfect game plan. You know what I mean? He's got that old man strength. Uh and, and Tiago Santos, I think his takedown defense is like 67%. So it's not terrible. I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty decent, especially considering, you know, Tiago's had a, a good amount of high-level fights, you know, over the last couple of years facing, obviously, good opponents. Um, you know, his takedown defense, not like it's garbage. Um, so perfect game plan. Take him down. He, he wore him out. He survived. Wow, that's putting it very disrespectfully but you know he survived the 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 stand up with Tiago which listen if 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 Tiago's going to win it's going to be knocking you out and you know listen there it was real close what was it in the second round 
where uh, he he knocked him down and just got on top of him and started wailing on him. I mean, we we've seen Tiago can can you know he can put a high output. I mean, his his uh, knockout of uh, Jan. I mean, this is a very high level example, but you know his not his knockouts of Jan and I think he not I think he knocked out another guy where he was just running at him and throwing punches, like. Not not throwing punches and moving forward, but literally like sprinting at him and throwing punches to you know where it looked like the old um, what was it when Vitor Belfort knocked out Vanderlei Silva in Jesus Christ I've no, 1999 or whenever the fuck this was one of those early UFC cards where he just sprinted at him and knocked him out with a flurry of punches. I mean Tiago's fucking dangerous, and I I don't think it's over for him either because. You know, you lost to a guy who's the number one contender, and you lost to the fucking greatest of all time, John Jones. So it's not over for Thiago. It was really, it was really good to see that he was healthy. I th- that was the biggest concern, you know, because that's a real serious uh, injury. And I don't really know what's next for for uh, Thiago. Although I'd almost, I'd almost guarantee he fights a young guy, just because you look at the guys below him in the rankings. Um, so Dom is fighting, I think he's scheduled to fight in February against Prohaska. I mean, maybe Alexander Rakic fights Thiago Santos. Um, maybe Krilov. But there's a lot of young guys below him, uh, and Thiago's kind of the older, I don't want to say gatekeeper, because, you know, he, he just 18 months ago, he was on the rise. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. And, and for Glover... I mean, good, good for him, man. Because again, you know, kind of like Blahovich. I mean, it really looked like his career was uh, waning. You know, there was a point uh, back in like 2017 where he was, you know, winning one, losing one, winning one, losing one. And when that's when that starts to happen, the arrow tends to point down as you get older. It doesn't. You don't tend to have a career resurgence. Because let's not forget, I think in 2014, the the pay per view in Baltimore. He had a title shot against John Jones. I mean, fucking six or seven years later, at at 41, you know, he might be getting another title shot, which is insane. And again, let's not forget, Glover Teixeira was one of the hottest prospects in UFC history. Like, this was a guy who was outside of the UFC uh, for, for a while, and they were trying to figure out how to get him in the UFC. Uh, you know, he was like 22-2 and two when he finally got his title shot. I mean, like, he was hot shit. Glover Teixeira is very, very talented. But, uh, yeah, you know, losing, and he wasn't, he wasn't losing to, you know, I, th- I think that's the thing about Glover that, that makes sense about this resurgence. Uh, outside of, maybe there's other variables that we don't know about. Maybe he's doing something differently in, in training or, you know, I don't know, maybe like a, a, a change in mentality or something. But like, okay, he got knocked out by Rumble Johnson in 13 seconds. You lose to Gustafson. You lose to Anderson. Those are all really good fighters. He never he never lost in the UFC to anyone bad. He's got five losses. Uh, and, uh, you know, Anderson, Gustafson, Johnson, Phil Davis, that's probably his worst loss. But Phil Davis is still a good fighter. And John Jones. So, I mean, this is a guy who's been in the UFC for, like, uh, Jesus, since 2012, and he's got five losses. Uh, and, you know, some of his wins recently are not over the biggest-named uh, fighters. You know, choking out Carl Roberson, uh, Iwan Kutalaba. Uh, that Krilov win, even though it's a split decision, I mean, Krilov, we have him at number eight. So, the, you know, the, Krilov on his second go-around in the UFC, ah, watch out. Watch out. He, you know, dominated Johnny Walker. So watch out for Krilov. Um, but, you know, 
I don't know, man. We're going to see if it's real or, or if it's not. But I, I will say for Glover, and this is true for anybody. This is true for Jan. This is true for everybody in the light heavyweight division. If you're Glover, you got to be thankful your career resurgence didn't come a year earlier. Because then, you know, there's no fucking way Glover Teixeira would beat John Jones. He already lost to him once. You're thanking your lucky fucking stars that you're going to likely face Jan Blahovich. Or, I mean, if, if Israel becomes a light heavyweight champ, then that's a little fucking scary, you know. But... I don't know, man. Props to Glover, Glover Teixeira uh, for that one. Um, moving on here to the co-main event. Uh, it was a, a unanimous decision victory for Andre Arlovsky over Tanner Bozier. Um, yeah, and that's... I don't, I don't want to say hype train because Bozier's already lost in the UFC to Cyril Gaon, which I, I don't fault him because Cyril Gaon is like really fucking good. That's an elite-level prospect. Um, but, man... Trying to make sense of Andre Arlovsky's career, good fucking luck, man. I mean, there's no rhyme or reason to whether or not he wins or loses or goes on a hot streak or goes on a, a cold streak. I mean, we went over it on the preview show, but I mean, just... You can knock him out five times in a row, but he's still going to come back. I mean, he's one of the more resilient fighters in the UFC, and, you know, that that definitely was a legit win. I mean, he outstruck him. He hurt him way more than Bozier... Uh, hurt him, and, uh, you know, I, I, listen, if Bozier would have won that fight, he would have been ranked, we would have put him at 15, uh, you know, there was a, there was a spot for Tanner Bozier, but, uh, you know, you lose, and, uh, I don't know, man, I guess, guess back to the drawing board, I mean, that, uh, it doesn't seem bad to lose to a guy who used to be a UFC champion, but, man, Andre Arlovsky is 41, I mean, that, that really makes me reconsider, you know, the, the, my, my thoughts around Bozier and, you know, his last two fights being, you know, just vicious highlight-level knockouts. Um, he's only 28 or 29 or something, so he probably still has a decade left in the sport. So, you know, the the, the book's definitely not written on him, but uh, that this individual chapter is a little bit disappointing. All right, moving on here to the featured bout. Uh, we had a unanimous decision victory for uh, Howney Barcelos over Khalid Taha. Uh, Barcelos advances to 16-1, uh, and one. and uh, that was a close fight. It was a fight of the night. It was a good back-and-forth fight, although definitely, definitely the right man won the fight. Um, impressive performance by Howney Barcelos. Uh, had him hurt multiple times. What was it? Even in the... I think the second and the third, I think the, the second might have been the biggest storm, but where he just lined him up against the fence and was just blasting Taha, just blasting him. Uh, great, great performance. Uh, tough for Taha. It's always tough when prospects lose, and and especially a guy like this, uh, you know, where he's, he's, he's only 27, and, you know, I don't know. It, it's tough to know what to make of him, but luckily you don't have to make much out of him because he, he lost the fight. He's a loser. Um, Howney Barcelos. I'm, I'm always kind of fascinated by these Brazilians. I don't know if it's just because they do like BJJ until they're 30 and then transition to, you know, the UFC or MMA at a later age. Um, but there's a lot of Brazilian fighters who have insane records, but are just, they're so close to being over the edge when it comes to age, where you're like, I don't, I, I want to see what you can do, but you better get fucking crack a lack in here. Because, you know, Howney Barcelos, he is, after this win, 5-0 in the UFC. He's 5-0 in the UFC. 
including some 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 pretty good names on there. I mean, you know, Gutierrez, Chris Gutierrez has had some pretty good performances. Uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov just fucking killed a guy in his last fight. Um, you know what I mean? And, and to be 5-0 and in the UFC, even if it's not against ranked opponents, is no joke. I mean, you know, it's impressive to get, you know, any any streak of wins in the UFC, to be honest. Um, but, but the thing with him is, he's 35. Or, excuse me, 33. I could have swore he was 35. Never mind, 33. But either way, at bantamweight, he, he probably has three more years of, like, elite-level fighting. So I guess that changes things. I, th- I thought he was a little bit older, but either way, you know, you, you kind of were, you kind of. It's not like he's 26. You do see a lot of young bantamweights and flyweights because the the curve is is shorter, and it's earlier. There, there are no 40 year old flyweights. Uh, you know what I mean? You you just can't compete. There are definitely 40 year old light heavyweights, and and I mean, fuck. Look at the main event. Look at Glover Teixeira. There are definitely definitely 44 year old heavyweights that could win in the UFC. But, you know, when you talk about, I think, I think featherweight is the first division where you probably can ex- look to extend the, the curve, you know, and compete at an elite level when you're like 36, 37. Um, but like, I don't know, man, 33 doesn't sound like it's super old, but at bantamweight, it's like, all right, this guy is obviously, uh, uh, I don't want to say specimen and make it seem like, oh, he's the hottest thing since you know, Israel Adesanya, but like, I don't know, man, he's off to a great start, and I can't wait to see what they, what they do next with him, uh, you gotta believe, you know, being 5-0 and in the UFC, he probably gets a ranked name at this point, so, um, you know, I don't, I don't know who you would give him, there's, there's a handful of interesting names towards the bottom of the bantamweight division that you could probably feed him, um, I think they were trying to target Aldo and Marlon Vera, I, I don't know if you give Marab Dvalishvili an, an unranked opponent, because, he need, he needs a major step up in competition. Song Yidong is pretty young, so I don't know if they want to. Maybe maybe Song Yidong would make sense for Howie Barcelos, Cody Stamen, Rob Font. But then you're talking about, you know, well, what if we match up Marab and Rob Font? You know, so the matchup wise, uh, unfortunately, I I don't really know what's next for Barcelos. But hopefully hopefully they give him something. Hopefully they give him a, a real step up in competition. Maybe maybe it's not a top fifteen fighter, but at 15 to 20 range, you know, because Bantamweight's pretty deep, so uh, I have a, I have a hard time believing they couldn't give him a, a, a nice step up in competition. All right, moving on here, uh, still on the main card, we had a first round knockout from Giga Chikadze over Jamie Simons, uh, yeah, crazy, crazy knockout, uh, not a whole lot to say on this because Jamie Simons is just some guy they plucked off the street, um, but Giga Chikadze, I mean, that moves him to 5-0 and in the UFC. Uh, this guy needs to step up in competition. I, I think they were trying to target him, or he, he had a call-out of Jeremy Stevens. I would love that. I would love that. Listen, when a guy's 5-0, and we just talked about it with Barcelos, but when a guy's 5-0 and in the UFC, he needs a ranked opponent, like, they're, they're, with very, very, very little exceptions. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> like, what more do you want? He's 5-0 and in the UFC, like all right, let's feed him another can. Like, this is not Bellator. This is not Michael Venom Page. Like, we have to we have to have a, a step up in competition. Um, so I would love that. I would love to see that. Um, might be a... I, actually, you know what? I'm not even going to say that's too much of a step up. That would, that would be a really good fight. Um, I'd be I'd be interested in that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, Giga Chikadze, I was just talking about this uh, a little bit ago, but... 
you know, we'll have our end of the year awards for North Star Sports. And I was thinking about who's the newcomer of the year. And, um, you know, I think I'll go through it briefly just because this might be a talker for another show. But there's pretty much three fighters that I would identify as newcomers of the year. And I can't crown any of them. I think it's for all three of these guys, it depends on how they finish out the rest of the year, even though there's like six weeks left. Um, one of them has to be Giga Chikadze. Uh, one of them has to be uh, Kevin Holland. And then Hamzat Chemaev. I think those are the three newcomers of the year uh, candidates. And uh, Kevin Holland, I think he has four, four or five wins in the UFC all of this year. Uh, that's that's impressive. He did have a couple of stinkers, like the one with um, uh, Darren Stewart. That was a pretty fucking bad performance. Um, Giga Chikadze, he's he's 4-0 in the UFC in 2020, but I can't I can't necessarily give it to him right now because he hasn't faced a ranked opponent. If he beats Jeremy Stevens in December, okay, then for sure, then for sure it, it's going to be uh, Chikadze if all things stay the same. And then I was thinking about Hamzat Chimaev and 3-0 in the UFC. He's the fastest to ever uh, get, uh, accumulate three wins in the UFC. Uh, at, at like 66 days or something, but he beat nobody's. His, his he beat him dominantly. It was very impressive, but the combined UFC record of those three opponents was something like seven and twelve. But, but he scheduled to face uh, Leon Edwards in December. I want to say actually no. Let, let me let me pull that up because that really depends. If if it's if it's within this calendar year, um, then then I'm. Uh, then you have to give it to Jemayev. If he beats the the number three guy in the welterweight division, uh, I mean, it, it has to be him. I mean, that would be quite the fucking meteoric rise. Um, okay, and he is scheduled to fight him on December 19th. But if, he, but if he's scheduled to fight him in 2021, even if it's January 1st, ah, then it can't be him. You know, Phillips, McKee, and Mearshart, it's not enough to be newcomer of the year this year. But if he can beat the number three guy, then then it's there's no debate. Then it's it, it's 100% clear cut. But if he loses to Leon Edwards, I don't know if it's Chimaev. But again, that's that's a tangent for uh, for another time here. Um, yeah, solid performance there by Giga Chikadze. Um, now moving on here to the main card opener. Uh, Xiaonan Yan uh, wins via unanimous decision over uh, Claudia Gedalia. Um, I want to pull up MMA decisions on this one because I, I always have a tough time uh, scoring fights like this. Um, so I, I want to see what other people thought about it. Um, nobody got hurt during that fight. The, the fight got broken up in the clinch like three or four times because of inactivity. Um, so, okay, apparently it was a cl- very clear-cut win for... Yan. I was not watching it super closely, but every single media member scored it for her. Um, okay, so that's pretty fucking conclusive. Not that I was going to contend that Gedalia won the fight, um, but just, it was boring as fuck. It was really boring. Um, but, you know, that, that, was a, that was a big swing fight for her. Um, like we said, the, the, the stakes were asymmetrical in this fight, you know, because even though they were both ranked 7 and 8, um, if Jan won that fight, she's in the title picture. If Gedalia won that fight, she was not in the title picture. 
you know, because she's been there before. We've we've seen it, you know. So now it's it's a fresh new fighter, um, and and by the way, both of these both of these fighters beat Angela Hill. So for Angela Hill to, you know, make some salty post on Twitter about how she beat both of those fighters, yeah, check the record book, loser. That is definitely not the case. So a lot, a lot of salty people out there, a lot of simp's on Twitter, and you know how the mailman feels about simp's. We don't. Oh man. Don't even get me started on simps. But uh, for for uh, Yan, and this was interesting because I think she was ranked heading into this fight as the number four straw weight. That's fucking crazy. Uh, we had her at number eight. And uh, because she won this fight, we move her above Gedalia, obviously, and uh, Michelle Waterson. So she's now at number six. Um, and, I mean, Nina Ansarov is probably not going to fight for, you know, another calendar year. So, I mean, effectively, she's the, the number five straw weight. So, you know, that's... That's big. That is big. And I think it's it's interesting when you talk about marketing too, because like, okay, so we have a Chinese champion in, in Wei Li Zhang. Well, we might have a Chinese contender. That's interesting. And all, what if we do an all? Not right now, because Suarez is more deserving of a title shot. Rose Namajunas is more deserving of a title shot. Yoana following that, you know, legendary performance in February is more deserving of a title shot. Um, and, and well, I mean, so is Carla Esparza. Um, but like, you know, in the future, like say Wei Zhang defends the belt against Suarez and Nami Yunez and, you know, Jan beats a couple of more fighters. That's interesting because I don't, temp, temper, temperamentally, I don't know how the Chinese are with MMA. Like I know they're a very respectful quiet bunch like when they when they um at least like during the action um because i remember that was a thing when zhang beat andraj in china like it was a very quiet uh you know reserved crowd you know when it wasn't time to i mean obviously they lost their shit when she won the belt but that's when you're supposed to celebrate but like i don't i don't know because like if an american is the champion and they fight another american Nobody thinks twice about it because there's so many fucking American fighters that, like, nobody gives a shit. But, like, we, we just had two Brazilians in the main event. I don't know how they feel about that because Brazilians are so nationalistic when it comes to their fandom in MMA where I don't, I don't know how that would work. I don't, I don't know how they feel about Brazil on Brazil action. Uh, I sure as hell hope that isn't taken out of context. <laughs> But uh, like I don't I don't know uh, how would they react? Is that it, would would that be a super fight in China or would they not be very interested because it's it's China against China and they'd prefer you know Willie Zhang to fight you know a Brazilian or an American or you know fucking anybody else in the in the ranking. So that's interesting, um, but definitely uh, something to keep your eye on as uh, as um, you know Yan's career uh, progresses. Ah, it's good coffee. Um, so we had a, uh, a handful of fights here on the prelims. Uh, very, very quickly, we'll go through some of these. Trevin Giles knocks out Bevan Lewis. Uh, good for him. Uh, those are two fighters who are definitely trying to find their footing in the UFC. So, you know, if if not for just this moment, Trevin Giles has found his footing because he was on a, uh, well, he's technically on a one-fight winning streak, but he definitely fucking lost that fight. So he was on a three-fight losing streak as far as I'm concerned coming into this one there's no goddamn way he beat uh james the james kraus kraus um romanov 
choked uh, Marcos Hagerio de Lima uh, with a forearm choke, which I have never seen before. I don't know. I assume that's been done before, but I've definitely never seen that. That's fucking impressive. <laughs> just put your forearm on the guy's neck and just pinch his neck off against the canvas. Uh, that's that's unique. I have, I have never seen that in my time watching it, uh, which obviously doesn't mean it's never happened, but uh, yeah, that's fucking insane. Um, Darren Elkins choked out Eduardo Garagori. Um, that was interesting. I, I did have a lot of concern about the tread left on the tires from Elkins. That guy has been in some fucking wars. I mean, he's got the damage tattooed on his chest for a reason, and it's not because he gives up. Well, he does give out some damage, but he takes a lot more damage than he gives out these days. Uh, but uh, good for him. Uh, sucks for uh, South America, excluding Brazil, because like we were saying, Garagori might be one of the best chances that uh, uh, you know South America has for a UFC champion outside of you know, Ponzinibbio. Um, Max Griffin knocks out Ramiz Brahimaj, uh, basically explodes his ear. It's like somebody just took a fucking grenade and put it right next to Brahimaj's ear and just blew it off. I mean, that was a gruesome fucking injury. That was, that is gruesome. That, who was that chick who had her ear look like it was bitten off in the UFC? Not Lauren, was it Lauren Mueller? Not Lauren Murphy. Lauren Mueller, I think was the one in the UFC who had her ear basically fall off. Uh, that's fucking insane. Uh, it, 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 it looked, it looked like somebody just took a pot of tortellini in, in some ragu and just slapped it against, uh, Ramiz's head. Uh, it was very disgusting, very disgusting. Um, and then we had Gustavo Lopez choke out Anthony Burchak. Uh, did not watch that fight, but good for Gustavo Lopez. I'm rooting for him. I'm also rooting for Max Griffin because he liked my tweet three years ago. So, you know what I mean? That's that's the... Um, why am I blanking on the opposite of a curse? That That's the blessing of the mailman. You like the mailman's tweet, and, and, and good shit happens to you. You know what I mean? Good shit's going to happen to Jylan Ware, former seventh-round pick out of Alabama because he liked my tweet as well. So, I don't know. Maybe the NFL comes calling for that guy, and, and you know, he comes back and... You know, maybe he goes to a Pro Bowl or two. You never know. Vikings could certainly fucking use him on the offensive line. So, you know, give Jalen Ware a call. All right. So with that, we'll wrap it up here. Um, just very quickly, I'll go through the, the rankings uh, again if I didn't make it uh, clear enough. So uh, Teixeira up two spots to the number one contender. Santos down from one to two. Reyes from two to three. And then uh, some shuffling there in the women's straw weight division it, uh so we had a rant well i think the the colloquialism is a random shuffle but it wasn't random it was just me going back and you know looking through the rankings and realizing that nina ansarov was ranked way too fucking high so quote unquote a random shuffle and the uh yan gadalia fight results in um carla esparza moving up from five to four because we moved Nina Ansarov from four to five because we uh, we overranked her, and then uh, Yan moves from eight to six, and then that means uh, Watterson goes from six to seven and Gedalia from seven to eight. So four through eight now reads Esparza, Ansarov, Yan, Watterson, and Gedalia. And uh, yeah, that's that's all we have for uh, movement in the rankings. Um, so again. Uh, we'll have a preview show 
I would probably say on Thursday. On Thursday, we'll probably have a preview show whenever fucking that is. What is it? Monday today? Uh, yeah, Thursday the 12th. Yeah, we'll probably have a preview show then. Might do a show tomorrow. Um, probably not a show on Wednesday because I got a football game to call. But uh, you know, we'll we'll figure some stuff out. Maybe we'll get the uh, Reagan Hooverman back on the show because it's been it's been a while since he's been on the show, and there's definitely some stuff to talk about. We could talk about the Vikings and why they're a fucking poverty franchise and they just are tanking the tanking process, which pisses me off to, to insane levels. Uh, talk about the Packers. I guess we could talk about the Twins, although we, I guess we might wait on that. Uh, you know, more towards like um, the winter meetings than free agency. But there's always stuff to talk about with the Hound Dog. You know how it is. Um, and then, like always, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely M N. Uh, North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star M I N Owen the Mailman at uh, well Owen the Mailman, and then be sure to check out our website at NorthStarSports.media. We got rankings and just a bunch of fun shit. We're always expanding our uh, our uh, main card showdown tab, so we got all of the different uh, competitors there and their records and their accolades, and you know we got the charts with um, the results from the last four months. We've been doing the main card showdown. We got our picks on there. At some point, I'll put on Drew Peterson's picks, um, even though it's going to be a lot of fucking work, and I don't really want to do it because it's another thing I have to keep track of, but we'll probably put that on there at some point. So, you know, a lot of fun stuff happening here at North Star Sports. And as always, thanks for tuning in.